Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We back. Another another R2C2. Second time this week in a couple of days. Yeah, it's kind of like we never left, I would say, in this case. Right back at him. It was yeah, good. Exactly, man. It was um it was great. It was therapeutic getting to record right after the game with you Tuesday night, see? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean it was like, you know, we didn't nothing lingered and got a got a chance to get everything out. <laughs> <laughs> get it out I, of the system. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'll, you know, yeah. I would have had some different things to say probably if, if we'd have did the pod today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's good getting it out of the system. It feels good when it's raw and emotional. And the I'm glad um, I heard from so many Yankee fans yesterday, and and they so appreciated our honesty and, and evaluation, right? Because you know one of the things we like to bring here, and I think our audience appreciates this at this point, is you know we're not the pod that does gratuitous hot takes. We're the people who are honest and informed. And, you know, we don't just take pot shots for the sake of entertainment. That's not what we do on this pod. That's not nah, what we're about. That's but we're, not but what we're we honest. started it. Yeah. No, exactly. But we're honest. We're not going to tell you something smells nice when it when it doesn't smell nice. But you know yeah. what's crazy is that, and, and, and as much as I know he's going to be pissed that I say this, but he don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> as much as, like, Jeet tries to pretend, like, or we try to pretend like we're not Yankees and the shit don't affect us. Like I was at his, I was at his benefit dinner last night. Is what we talked about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like losing to the Red Sox and knowing what it's like playing in Boston and 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 you know the sweep before a couple of weeks before and and going in there in the playoffs. Like it's a different feeling and and that's what we talked about. Like when you are a Yankee and and you always are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean I know he's the owner of the, of the Marlins and shit now, but. When I saw him last night, the first thing he said, what happened to your boys? Yeah. That ain't my boys, yeah. motherfucker. That's your boys too, cuz. <laughs> I know. It, you, you know what? It, it's kind of like it's in you forever, right? Like you're it's always, in you forever, You're always going to root for them. Always. And and, and I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like that about the Indians and the Brewers, obviously, but it's just something different here mm-hmm. because you give, you give these people everything you have. You know what I'm saying? And, they demand like the fans demand you everything that you have as a baseball player, mentally and physically. So you feel like you connected here. Yeah, I totally get that. Well, and I think that that pressure that the fans apply is, in general, it's good if you're if you root for the team and you want them to do well, right? Because it keeps pressure on everybody to be at their best. So even going into this off season, like I know that there's not going to be, and there can't be, just a status quo from what happened because the Yankee fans are going to demand something different. Like, they're not going to be cool with just rolling up with the same group after what happened, right? And there is something, I think, that if you want the team to win, you appreciate that the fans hold everyone accountable, right? That's not to say there couldn't be 
illogical or irrational moments or times where there needs yeah. to be poise on players. And but that you know, but that also means that you have a fan base that does not accept losing, which is good if you want there to be winning. And that's what that's the only way the it can be. Yes. It's the only way it can be. <laughs> right. Um, you have to hold people, you know, to the fire and there has to be accountability. Yankee fans do that. I like that though about you guys, man, that you still feel it and it's still your team. I think I've told you before, but one of my favorite things to experience as someone who broadcasts the games is when I see that come out in David Cohn and Paul O'Neill, because it's like, you know, you can do, you can kind of go through broadcasts and not necessarily feel if they still have that you know, kind of rooting Yankee part of uh-huh. them, you know, because when you're doing the job, it's not about that, right? It's And and it's about a, a different level of objectivity, even though you're going to slant the little Yankees. Um, and it's 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 not about the pom-poms. Um, and they're professionals, so you don't feel that on the air. But I love when I see it come out off the air in certain moments, and I can tell, like, there's still, like, there's still Yankee in there, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. And, which I love that. So I love you saying that, like, you could see it with Jeet last night and you still feel it yourself after a game like the other night. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, those two are very professional, so you're never really going to catch them on air, you know. But And that's another reason why I would never do that. I could never, I could never, <laughs> because I'm going to root for the Yankees. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if I'm doing the game and somebody comes up, I'm going to root for the ball to go out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> or, like... You're going to so, be doing the get up, get up, yeah, get up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be... You're going to be watching the White, White Sox broadcast if, if I'm doing the game. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, I, 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 I love the feedback from all of you from the episode the other day. was great. If you guys happen to miss it, uh, I really feel like C&I did a, a real, honest, complete deep dive in the 2021 Yankees, so I would recommend going back and checking it out. Um... And see, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with the Yankees in the offseason moving forward, and, and I'm sure there'll be different things to react to uh, throughout. But we also have an incredible slate of playoff baseball still ahead. And kind of keeping with the idea of like a Yankee theme mentality, how, if, how do you handle, I'm going to ask you specifically, Red Sox Rays? Like, do you watch this series do you root for someone? Like, how are you going about watching or, or digesting that series now after this? Man, this is going to sound completely, like, insane coming out of my mouth, right? But I'm going to watch the Rays in the, in the Red Sox series, and I'm probably going to be rooting for the Rays because I am really close to Nelson Cruz. We are boys, and I would want to see him win a World Series. Um, and I'm going to be watching the Astros in the White Sox series and I'm, and I'm going to be rooting for the Astros a little bit because of Dusty Baker. Oh, whoa, whoa. I would, That's I, surprising. I would love to see Dusty win a World Series. I think Dusty's a Hall of Fame um, manager, player, his baseball life. I mean, I've been knowing Dusty since I was 13 years old. And what he's done to the Astros and that organization and bringing him out of that fucking dark age has been amazing. So I will be rooting for those two teams. Oddly as that sounds, and I'll be watching every fucking game. It's crazy. That, so you're going to be rooting for the Rays and the Astros. <laughs> That's wild, guys. I mean, well, I mean, look. but like you take you take the. I mean, it's just as a fan of of the game, which I am in the sports. I mean, those are two of my rooting interests. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a homeboy that plays for the Rays, and I got a guy who believed in me as as a 12 or 13 year old that's managing the the Astros. So. 
I mean, those are the two teams that I'm going to be rooting Wait, for. Yeah, what was what was your initial interactions with Dusty like? What what how 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 did the relationship start and 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 how did the connection kind of continue throughout your career? So Dusty um, had these baseball camps in Sacramento when I was a kid, and uh, you used to get you had to get a scholarship to go to them. They cost a lot of money, um, and I won a scholarship to go to his his camp when I was 13 at a PAL event or something like that, and. Ended up getting a scholarship, but I went up there for the summer. It was two weeks, and it was one of the best uh, experiences I ever had. And from that time, I went every year until my senior year of high school. Um, but the first time I met Dusty, like, we go to this camp, and, you know, I, I mean, at, by the time I'm 13, because I'm like, I'm a pretty good player, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I can pitch. I've pitched in big, like, I've pitched in big games. Like, I've pitched in the All-Stars, all that shit. I've hit home runs. Like, I'm hitting the ball out of a big league field by that point. So we get to this camp. And, like, it's a coach on a knee, like, literally, like, tossing the ball to us. So, like, you know, it's it's all kind of different levels of kids there. Like, but For BP, the, you're saying? Yeah, just like a, like a hitting drill. Yeah. So, like, I'm literally launching balls because, like, like, I'm, you know, going deep yeah. and shit. So, they, like, they brought Dusty over. They was like, they called him. They was like, oh, you got to come see this kid. Like, so the next day he comes, and it's just me at lunchtime. All the kids are are, are eating lunch. And I'm on the field, and he's throwing me, like, real BP. And, like, now he's showing me stuff, like, showing me how to hit the ball to left field, showing me, like, if the ball's inside, the turn on and all this stuff. This is the first day I meet him. You know what wow. I'm saying? Wow. I've so, never like, heard this story. Yeah, and and ever since then, he's, you know, he's just always been somebody that I can call and been on my side. But, yeah, 13 years old. And the first thing he said to me is, like, yeah, you can hit, but you better stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tremendous line. Oh, that's great. That is great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so after he kind of coaches you through some things there when you're 13, are you then, is he like keeping in touch with you? Are you seeing him every year? I'm going to the um, camp every year, yeah. So every, after that, like I think I went, Two more years as a as an actual camper, and then I went one year as a uh, a counselor, where I was okay. like, you know, coaching the kids and helping coach the kids. And then the the year before my uh, my junior summer, I was on the circuit, like I was playing all summer, so I didn't go to the camp. But the the three summers leading up to that, so I went two summers as a as a, a camper, and then one summer as a counselor. And then the summer before I, I became a senior, I was playing all over the country. When you get drafted does dusty reach out to you like at that point is he still aware of oh of no, you we, and your journey yeah we we always still had that relationship the wow. whole time um yeah the whole time that's amazing yeah so even like when i got to the big leagues like yeah he was the you know the manager in cincinnati like i would see him all the time like so i've been knowing him since i was 13 years old oh that's really cool man that's really cool that's a great story i'd never heard that story i could see you as the 13 year old Doing a soft toss drill, yeah, launching like, balls on, like, out of a major like, league stadium. Bro, like, like, you can't, what, the, what is this kid? Where you did can't he just toss from? this fat little dude uh, like like yeah. you can't just toss me the ball like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I had already been look, we already been playing like a lot of baseball by that time. So I was pretty good at 13. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Now, having digested all that and with great appreciation for <laughs> your relationship for Dusty, I think. You're going to have a really hard time cheering on the Astros when you see the fans there going nuts uh, and, you, and you see you see Altuve or uh, Correa or 
Bregman. Like, I think you're going to have a hard time feeling good about those dudes doing their thing, given your history with that organization. You know what is what's crazy is that it's inevitable. They're going to play good because they play good every October. Like we've we've witnessed it. We watched it. We watched Correa hit walk off. We watched out. Be like, we've seen these guys do it. So, I mean, it kind of is what it is at this point, bro. I want you to put a camera on yourself during <laughs> during a couple big moments of this series to see how you actually react when they oh, get a big man. hit, man. I, a- actually, I mean, I think it's gonna be a good series with them in the, in the White Sox, though. I think it's gonna be. I mean, because the White Sox are really good, so we just have to see if that. Their pitching can hold up because we know the lineup is going to be good. Um, we have to see if they can handle McCullers today. But I think, you know, outside of that, I think they have a pretty good chance of, of scoring some runs. I'm going to make a prediction. You're going to end up rooting for the White Sox in that series. <laughs> 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 I, I'm making sounds a Sounds crazy, prediction. right? Yeah. It sounds crazy, I guess. Yes. I, you know, I love I, – I think our audience has probably heard this story, but I just want to – you know, for anyone who hasn't, uh, and for those who have, it's so entertaining that I think it's worth bringing up again. But the man who's on the mound today is Lance Lynn, uh, who uh, CC was teammates with for, I guess, a year in New York uh-huh. City. I right? think it was One maybe year? just half a year. Half a year. <laughs> and you love this dude. Love him. Uh, yeah. yeah, the best. He, he, I, I want to tell the, you know, um, intentionally being warm. Thing. Oh yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But what? But what about his personality? Like, why'd you vibe? Like, what? What? Just, what about him? Did you like? He's a lot like me. Like, just give me the fucking ball, bro. Like, give me the ball. Get out of the way. I got 140 pitches in me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No matter what's happening today, I'm gonna go out and compete. And I love that about him. And he comes after you. Like, mm. he throws fastballs over the plate. Different mm. variations of it: two seam, cutter, four seamer. But he's coming after you, cause and he's gonna come after you. For fucking seven innings, eight innings, if he can, every night. I love it, bro. Yeah, he. It's it's pretty incredible how well he's pitched too in the aftermath of leaving the Yankees. He's yeah. been he's been terrific. Um, I. So the other part of Lance Lynn that we've talked about in the past, but I think it's so interesting, is that this man intentionally gets himself as hot as possible so that he's prepared to pitch in difficult weather right like yeah. he he literally would be wearing a jacket in big guy he's a big guy we were both you know bigger guys yeah. and i asked him about how he pitch in st louis and he was like dude i sit on the bench in a hoodie and a jacket every day and i was like in the middle of summer in st louis he was like yeah it's the only way i can get used to the heat so like we get to the middle of the summer in, in the bronx and he comes out in like a hoodie with a jacket and sleeves i'm like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he would intentionally like layer up in the summertime just to be used to the heat, like so he can go out there and pitch. It's the Incredible. craziest thing. Incredible. Dude, I-, I can remember b- doing a Yankee game and seeing him sitting in the dugout. It was like 105 degrees out and seeing him in a hoodie and wondering what on earth this man was doing. <laughs> and I think that might have been what initially sparked me to bring it up to you or what I don't know how or or maybe it just the dots were connected later but I mean that's dedication to your craft you, yeah, you, you it's, it's a, also it's probably a, something a little loose up there that, too. That, but, yeah. but I'm saying you yeah. have to be like that to be good because yeah and, and and for me like and that's why people always ask me like you know certain little stupid shit that you do or you have to psych yourself out that's why I don't miss the game because that type of shit that you have to do like to Make yourself feel good to go out there and pitch in the heat. Like, 
fuck all of that. Like it's like it's, it's exhausting. Like the, the mind games you have to play with yourself, cuz are it's fucking exhausting to be a good baseball player. It's fucking crazy, I'm telling you. You know what? It can be exhausting to be a good fan too if you're superstitious, let me just say. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's, I, bro. I, I'll tell you, dude. But can, okay, so can, yeah, if you yeah. superstition as a fan, can you imagine the actual fucking no, Can you no. imagine Way Boggs eating chicken every fucking day? Like no. he didn't want to do that shit for yes? 20 years. Bro, you don't want to do that shit. He didn't I want promise, that chicken. I he promise didn't want you, that chicken. I promise you he didn't want that shit by the end, cuz. But I promise you. Like, but you have to do it, cuz. You have to. I'm telling you. You know what's so funny? I could just see Wade like force feeding himself just force, this chicken. Just fucking chicken. Like yeah, every, every day. You have Wasn't to it do at it. like at like five oh seven? He always yeah, had to eat it or whatever. He always had to stretch had, he had at the same time. Same yeah, number. Yeah, he had of to run out of the dugout at the, yeah. at at, at fifty seven or something. Like just yeah. like me, I had to walk out of the clubhouse at six thirty one. Like all of that you did. shit, bro. Yeah, I had oh to be in the gosh. tub at a certain time. Like all uh, of that shit, cuz like it, fuck all of that. It's so funny because so there's two things I think about right away. I said that thing about fandom and jest, but partly because I had a story in mind. When you guys won in 2009 and, you know, when we first met and I was doing the the scoreboard hosting and um, I'm literally as invested, you know, I grew up a diehard Yankee fan. As invested as I was in every Yankee team growing up, I was even more invested in that 09 team because I gotten to know you guys. I had relationships and I've been around you guys the whole season, right? And so you're you're not only just rooting for the uniform and your fandom anymore, but also the people, right? And it was, I was so incredibly, I'm I'm a superstitious person anyway. Like Vito Corleone says, I'm a superstitious man. Like I am. <laughs> but in that case, I was on another planet. And literally, I would finish every like set I would do of a workout with 27 reps. <laughs> like of whatever I was doing. So I would, even if I had to go down in weight significantly, I would finish with 27 reps that whole year. Then like I had this whole like pregame, like uh prayer routine that was just like absolutely, you know, ignited with OCD. And then I had, and, and then I, and then I had, and then I had these handshakes I would do where even if I wasn't with, I had one with my mom, where even if I wasn't with her, like watching the you game, would I'd, do I, it? I would text her, I'd be like, do the handshake, do the handshake, and I would do it. And then there's this video, uh, and the guy, I know the guys from the scoreboard listen now, Greg Colello and Brandon Mim, Pete Gurgley, uh, and they, Ben Mays, Nick Tyrell, they probably have the video. There's a video of me and Bobby Coyle, my my um, college roommate, who was an intern for Brian Cashman's baseball ops department at the time. Guy who I sent the pictures the of. pictures, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other yes. day of you and him after the that you won, yeah. Yes. And Bobby and I would do these handshakes. And I, depending on the situation, I do it a certain amount of times. And they <laughs> caught video of me and Bobby doing these handshakes. And then also of me doing them alone when I was texting my mom to do them. <laughs> I'm a crazy person, man. Like, no one could watch that and feel like I- I'm not clinical. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely, it, dude, it's, it's hilarious. That's it's amazing, So anyway, I say all this to say, when they won, I felt like this weight. I was just like, oh, wait, I don't have to do this stuff anymore. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was so exhausting. And then I was like, I can't ever again. I, I I need to go try and win a championship without this stuff as a fan because I was too exhausted. So yeah, yeah. I can't imagine if you were a player dealing with all that. It's ridiculous, guys. It oh. really is ridiculous. And and if you really get into it and, and the team starts winning, uh, it's fucking, I mean, you have to do it. Like, that's crazy. I would love to see the videos. Oh, I'm I'm going to get, you know what? 
They'll, I'll get them to send me the videos and I'll, I'll send it to you and to Sadie Zillow and Bobby Wagner. It's literally like, <laughs> it's not normal, man. It's not normal. <laughs> but, but you guys won. So, you know, oh, so there's that. So, but you guys won. So with that, uh, with that series, oh, by the way, the other thing I was thinking about is Elena Deladon. She's like the greatest free throw shooter of all time. And she talks about her routine and she intentionally doesn't do anything a certain amount of times or whatever. Because mm-hmm. her whole thought process is if something it gives multiple opportunities for something then to go wrong, wrong. using yeah. quotes, and then you would get out of your place mentally. Whereas if it's just like I get it, I go, it, there's there's not those opportunities for failure, you know, which yeah. I like that. And I kind of I'm gonna try and use that for superstition to try and nah, wean it, off. It, that sounds great until you start fucking up and you get in a slump. <laughs> and then you and then you need a routine. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all of that sounds good. And then it's like, nah, 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 I gotta go back to my shit. <laughs> well, remember like Walker Bueller telling us about like driving to the game and yep. how he it I forget his exact story, but it was that he drove the one day the wrong way in or whatever. And so now he always has to circle now the he's stadium gotta drive, before. Circle the stadium yeah, and yeah. drive in. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's crazy, it's, man. It's, it gets insane, cuz like it's, it's fucking crazy. I bet it's, you he did that shit yesterday for the wild card game. Guarantee I bet you he did. You, whatever I bet you his did. fucking I guarantee you he did the shit yesterday. No doubt. No question. Um, see, all right, let the these series. So we know you, you say you're going to be rooting for your boy, Dusty. You're going to end up rooting very hard against the Astros. We've, we've established <laughs> that. Do you? Who do you think is going to win that series, White Sox or Astros? Man, I, I, I honestly think I, I, I think that the Astros will win that series um, just, just on experience. Um, I don't know if, if, if the, uh, the White Sox pitching will hold up with Giolito and Dylan Cease. Those guys pitch well. The White Sox have a, have a very good chance with that lineup, but it all depends on those those two and three starters. I think Lance is going to go out and have a good game. Just depends on what the White Sox can do against Lance McCullers, but I think Lance Lynn is going to have a good game. But it just depends on those two and three starters uh, to see what, what, if they can hold down those that Astros lineup. Which lineup would intimidate you more to try and navigate the White Sox lineup or the Astros lineup? Because these are two uh, really good they, offensive teams. Yeah, they're both super challenging. Um, I, I would, man, they're both really good because, like, they both got speed at the top where they can, you know, get bags off of you. Um, but I, I like the White Sox lineup a little more. Um, just with uh, with the Brayu in the middle, um, Luis Roberts and Jimenez being healthy. Like, those guys, they got some boppers, bro, especially if, if Tim Anderson can set the table, um, it can get ugly early for them. Go, for uh, for the Astros, I I have to say I think for Yankee fans, the White Sox have to be their team in the American League in these playoffs has because to be. yeah. ha- it has to be right. I mean, because you're obviously Red Sox Rays is a lose lose, and if you look at you know the Astros, I mean the Astros might have elevated to a more hated team than even the Red Sox or the Rays for Yankee fans over the last couple of years, just given yeah. what so it's they're gotta cheating be the White Sox. did. It's got to be the White Sox, which is why I'm telling you, you're going to end up rooting for them. <laughs> uh, I, I also think, like, kind of like what we talked about with Tim when he was on the pod, the White Sox have this, they have this energy. They play with an animation to them, like, intentionally, like Tim talks about. We, we, want, we want everyone to have a good time. Like, we want it to look fun. And I just think if they go on a run here, those games in Chicago, like 
it's going to be incredible TV to watch like that uh, offense bopping and then the place going nuts. Yeah, it is. And it's been a long time since they, uh, they've been in the playoffs. It's been a long time since they've been good. And I know those, those fans on the South side can get rowdy. It's another one of those places where if you've been in the big leagues a long time, if you've been to Chicago, but you go there in the playoffs, it turns into a different, different atmosphere. Because, yeah. you know, obviously I played there in the Central for so long, and I was there in 2005 and watched that that team and that run, and those fans are fucking insane when, yeah. when, when it gets good. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, um, you know, the Astros, I think for them, one thing that's sort of on the table is validation, right? Like, because anybody who wants to can throw the 2017 championship and say, well, who knows if you would have won. Well, yeah. If you hadn't cheated. But for them, and I don't know if they look at it this way, but for them, if they win again, post that, granted there are you know plenty of different pieces, but there's also a lot of the same pieces. If they win again, it's, I think it's easier for them to say like, nah, that championship, that championship was real too. You know, not maybe maybe these guys don't have a problem with it, but it, for me, it's it sort of would be like that. It it would help their argument when they're trying to defend that title for them to for say, sure. yeah, by the way, we won again. And sure. this time we didn't bang trash cans. Their fan base yeah. for sure. The fan base you for sure. You know what I'm saying? The players may feel different about it. It is what it is with the players, but the fan base for sure. Yeah. I don't see the Astros winning it all, though. No, nah, I, don't, I don't either. I, 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 I don't I, either. I think I, the Rays are really good, guys. I think the and, Rays and are this, coming out of the American League. And this is the Rays' best lineup, like, with Wander Franco in it, with with uh, they went out and got Nelly Cruz. I, you know, just talked about him earlier. With G Man Choi, if he can, you know, put together some good at bats. Like this is the best that the Rays have had their um, their offensive lineup going into the playoffs. And you know, they won the division. Their pitching's always going to be there. The bullpen's always going to be the best. Um, but if they can start banging, man, it's going to be some trouble for in the American League. I think they, I think they are coming out of the American League. Yeah, I think so too. And it's interesting for the Rays Red Sox series, like the Red Sox, I I just don't see Boston's pitching being able to get them through this series. They can hit. They can definitely hit. We know that. You know, they were third in the league and third in the in all baseball and runs scored this year. Um, and they got obviously Devers and Bogarts in the middle who are dangerous and Schwarber and and you know, the thunder he brings. But I just do not see Boston having the pitching they need to make a deep run here in the playoffs. And I think for me, the biggest thing is what you just said. I can't remember feeling this way about a Rays offense before. Like Man. they're right. Like, cause they're usually scrapping together, putting it together. There's more hitters that I feel like you have to be super careful with than I can remember ever looking at a Rays lineup. And Cruz is a big part of that too. Cause Cruz that's a dude a who changes a game in a second. And Brandon Lowe being, uh, yeah. being health like back. Cause if he was his normal self, last uh, playoffs, then they have a better series against the Dodgers. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because he's their body. He had 39 home runs this year. It's crazy. So, and three like, the if, other day. Yeah, so yeah. If, he has a, if he has a good playoffs, like, he's, the, he's, their, he's their run scorer last year. So, I mean, he's their bopper last year. But if, if he, you know, can, can have do what he did during the regular season with Nelly Cruz in that lineup in a Rosarina, you know, he's a tricky hitter. But, man, this lineup is really good, man. And Wanda Franco right in the middle of it makes it even better. The only thing that's disappointing is having to watch playoff games at the Trop. I mean, my goodness, what an eyesore. It, it, it's like, 
it's bad in person. It's bad on TV. I, you know, I hate to to make the architect feel horrible about his work or her work, but, but it is like, it's just, it's just, I mean, visually, it's painful to watch competition on that field. The fact that I know it's going to be all over my TV for the next three weeks is, it's very, it's very disappointing to my eyes, see? Yeah, it is. It's a shitty place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it's not a bad place to... <laughs> Hang out and watch a game, like from a from a player's standpoint, like the clubhouse is very nice. Like they have good snacks. Food is very fucking good. Guy's okay. the best. Like one of the best clubhouses in the league. Which makes it kind of like Yeah, for the food and like, you know, the couches are nice. You got some nice TVs, big spaces, lockers, like it's a nice place to watch a game or or be a player there. But to like play a game there or fucking any com- any kind of competition is fucking horrible. It's so bad. And you know how, too, when you watch a game like at Kauffman on TV even, even if you're not in oh, Kansas it's City, it's gorgeous. And it, yeah. actually, it becomes a more pleasant experience viewing yeah. on TV because it looks so beautiful. It's like, you know, I mean, it's no different than if, you know, there's a reason why the screensavers they put up on your Apple TV are of like, you know, gorgeous shots of dolphins hopping through waves in Maui <laughs> and not of like these dreary drab scenes in the middle of the night. And that's basically the difference between watching a game at Kauffman Stadium or watching a game at the Trop. <laughs> so, so like that's that's my struggle oh, with the Rays man. right now. Can they it was nice watching them play in San Diego last year in the playoffs. It was nice and in yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Felt like a whole different experience. I mean, oh my gosh, but I I think the Rays will end up uh beating the Red Sox. I think they'll sweep the Red Sox actually. Yeah. Um I I think they're just in a different class. Um and in the other series, I think the White Sox are going to find a way. See, I don't know why. I just feel like it's time for them to take one more step in their sort of, you know, ascent, and that would be at least getting to the ALCS. You know, mm-hmm. after last year, um, losing in the playoffs the way they did. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. We get a White Sox Rays uh, ALCS, and you're going. You're going. Uh, you're going Astros Rays. Astros Rays. Yeah. Okay. In the NL. I mean, Dodgers, Giants. I just hope I can stay up for these games, man. This is bro. This is epic. You have. I mean, this is this for me. I have to stay up and watch these games. Like growing up on the West Coast, understanding what this rivalry is. This is this is Yankees, Red Sox out west for us. You know what I'm saying? And they've never played in the playoffs. So um, yeah, this is going to be epic. And you know, the the for the Giants, this this validates them. Because everybody's been saying, oh, you know, the Dodgers are going to catch them. How the fuck are they doing this? Blah, blah, blah. They won 107 games, cuz. Right. With the Dodgers <laughs> on their ass. This wasn't like a Mariners team that, like, you know, went off and won 116 games, just went crazy with nobody chasing them. Like, this team had the Dodgers on their ass the whole second half under yeah. pressure and won 107 games and won the division. So, I mean, they need this series to validate. Like, I was hoping that the Dodgers won that, that wild card game just for the Giants to be able to like, you know what I'm saying? Like I think the, I think the Giants would have beat the Cardinals in the, in the DS, but I think it's 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 better for the Giants to beat the the Dodgers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And going through and, and them having to come through Oracle, um, and, and getting to the to the NLCS. So I think this is gonna be epic, man. I think it's gonna be a, a battle. I think it's gonna go five games. I think it's gonna be good. It's gonna be incredible. The atmosphere will be ridiculous. 
the way you put that is just perfectly see like, yeah, I was one of those people who didn't understand how the Giants were doing what they were doing because I thought they were going to be bad, right? Like they've been over the last couple of years. But if you win 107 games and like you said, you're doing it with the Dodgers nipping on your heels the whole time, like it's time to say like, oh no, obviously this is real. They had a run differential of, you know, plus 210. It, it, this is very real. Now, maybe they'll lose to the Dodgers because the Dodgers are a great team, but it's not going to mean, if the Giants lose to the Dodgers, it's not going to mean, oh, this was not a real Giants team. No, no. The, the two best teams in baseball happen to be playing each other in the DS. Yeah, for sure. And I just think the, the, I just think the Dodgers will win just because of depth. Yeah. Just because of what you saw last night when you seen Chris Taylor come in off the bench in a nice spot and go deep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? To win the game. So just the, the the amount of depth that they have, um, I think the Dodgers win that series. And, and it's crazy. Like, and I, I said, we said this, you know, when when passing was on, and I keep saying it, like, the Dodgers needed Scherzer and and Trey Turner, because, like, as, as oddly as that sounds, at the deadline, if they don't make those trades, then they're not in the position that they're in right now. Which is nuts, isn't it? It's but nuts, because it's crazy. But the Dodgers have become, they they have become the preeminent franchise now in baseball when you look at modeling consistent success, right? And well, having resources. They just, they reload every single year. It's unbelievable. They, they have they, so much talent. And they're operating like the Rays with money, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they got homegrown talent, and they can go out and make a trade and, and, and sign whoever they need. But they can also trade a JoJo Gray and the Ruiz kid who are, you know, two of the best prospects in the sport and just be like, fuck it. We'll get, you know, give us Scherzer, give us Scherzer and Trey Turner, guys. Yeah. We're reloading for this year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we have more, like it's crazy. Like they got, like they, they, I'm, it's, it's just nuts. It's, they are operating as, as the Rays with a lot of money on the West coast. I, by the way, I just, I looked up the other day or my Bobby, uh, Coyle, he, he looked up the other day, um, just we were talking about the Rays and how incredible it is they do what they do. So he goes, he goes, oh my gosh, no wonder they do what they do. They have an army for a baseball operations department. He's like, look at this. And he sends me their website. See, I've never seen something like this. They have, <laughs> you literally, if you go to the Rays front office website and you'll see like, you know, this department, whatever, 15 people, you know, this department, you know, you scroll down, like it's, you know, whatever, 17 people, it's it's 11 people, it's, you know, in the department. You go to their baseball operations department and you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> I counted 97 people on their website that work in their baseball operations department. They have about, you know, 50 people that work on different parts of baseball systems. No wonder they don't miss a thing. And if you think about it, that is a really smart way to spend your money, right? Because, you know, if let's just say on average, I have no idea what those people make, but let's let's just say on average, they all make 100 grand, okay? If they all make a, a, even 200 grand, which they're not going to yeah, make that much. They're not, they're, making, they're not making anywhere near that much. But let's nope. just say, let, okay, so let's say let's say 100 grand. Because I, the higher the number, actually, the more I make my point. But let's, let's just say 100 grand, which we know is, we know they're not making that, okay? If they all make a hundred grand, okay, and you have on average, and you have ninety-seven of them, all right, and granted the GMs could be making a lot more, but that means it's costing you nine point seven million dollars a year. 
all right, for that baseball operations department. Well, guess what? If it's going to minimize your chances by a factor of, you know, what feels like infinity mm-hmm. of making a mistake on a player, right? Or, you know, not, not shelling out $20 million where you shouldn't or not shelling out $40 million where you shouldn't or not shelling out $4 million where you shouldn't on three different players. You've paid for yourself a million times over real quickly, right? And so you're better off investing there because it accumulates much more quickly. All that is, is that's one player mistake. Literally $9.7 million, that's one player mistake. And the Rays are, I think, using the money they do have wisely by saying, no, we're going to pay way more people to stuff our baseball operations department because we know we can't we can't afford to we can't afford to miss afford it on the players and afford to miss. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a wise philosophy, and and, and, and that's why you see you let they say they, so many guys walk away like they don't. You know what I'm saying? They trade guys before, you know. We think it's crazy that they trade guys and they see stuff that we don't see. And I mean, it's because they got a fucking army, like you said, yeah. of guys. It's because they got a thousand eyeballs. Looking they're not at missing. It. They're not missing nothing. 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 Is, it's. I've always thought that when it comes to like organizational structure, like especially just as it relates to like basketball operations, football operations, baseball operations, like if you cut corners there and I don't know what organizations do or don't, um, but if you cut corners there, you also have to think about it as how much money are you going to end up wasting on bad player decisions, right? Because, you know, if you give Josh Smith the contract you gave him in Detroit, that's going to cost you a lot more than it is to pay five extra people in your basketball operations department, you know, yep. uh, or whatever, you know, poor Josh Smith. I just happened to use this as an example, but you know, like <laughs> uh, I just remember when they gave like him, Charlie Villanueva, Ben oh. Gordon, all that money, the Pistons did. And it was just like, what are you guys doing? You know, but <laughs> I, but like, you know, you, you're better off like having a stout staff that's making fractions of that. And, increasing your chances of not making that kind of financial mistake. Um, anyway, the Dodgers basically have that and then the money, right? So agreed, see. And then the other series, the Brewers, I got to imagine, I mean, first of all, I'm still sick over, you know, the knucklehead move from Devin Williams with his yeah. you know punching of the wall because it just changes your feelings about Milwaukee being a complete team going into this. You know, so excited during the celebration they decided to, you know, break his hand. But I, I... I still think the Brewers win that series against Atlanta. And I got to imagine you're going to be rooting hard for Milwaukee, right? Big time. Yeah, I'm going to be rooting big time for the Brew crew. And, I, yeah, I think they still win that series against Atlanta. I, I still think they have a chance to, to, to come out of the National League. Um, really? So I do. I think it's going to be hard without Devin Williams. I think it's going to be really hard. But I think I think they have enough. I think they're really good um, offensively, obviously. But um, I think it's going to be a lot on Hater. He's going to have to step up. Um, but I, but I think they can get it done. By the way, earlier I said the Red Sox were third in, in runs. They were they were fifth. This is the craziest thing, by the way. Talking about the uh, the the Rays, they were second in the they were second in all of baseball in runs scored this year. The Rays, like no, that man, is just so abnormal for them. And yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, like, no, they, they banging like this. Yeah. And this is the first time that they've ever really been an off- offensive force. Yeah. Like it's always been pitching in bullpen. They scrap together some runs. If they score five on you, that's a that's a big night for them. Like these motherfuckers can hang a cricket number on you quick now, cause yeah, and that's yeah. a problem because they can pitch. What's interesting to me is like you, the Yankees got the years they got out of Judge and Stanton. 
and they were 19th in runs scored. There's no way anybody would have... If you told somebody, Judge and Stan are both going to have, like, you know... Over 35 be, homers. Yeah, be top 10 MVP candidates. Like, you've been like, oh, the Yankees are going to score 800 runs easy. You know? No. Like, that's that was that's a, still a shocker to me. Um, but, all right. So, you think the Brewers win. You... Dodgers? Brewers, Dodgers. I got Brewers, Brewers Dodgers, Dodgers as well. Series. And then I got White Sox, Rays. And I think eventually we get... I think we're going to get a World Series rematch. I think we're going to get Rays Dodgers in the World Series. I'm going Brewers. I'm going Brewers Rays. All right, very good, very good. I mean, that will you go to Milwaukee at some point for a playoff game if they oh, go yeah. deep here? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, man. Like, yeah, there's no. I mean, that's a good atmosphere um, in Milwaukee during the playoffs. The fans are fun, man, and it's it's a dome. You know what I'm saying? So it gets loud because like it's it's fun. Again. A dome that looks nice on TV. It really does. Tampa. Well, it, I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a dope, nice fucking dome. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really nice dome. It's a really nice, like yeah. mine and yours, actually. Yeah, you know, very, very, very similar. Um, all right, so that's what we got for prediction. See, real quick before we wrap this up, um, do you feel like my Giants and the Jets now have? Is it like? Do we need to get excited at all? After last week, is no, there I any think, excitement level? I think that the Giants should be trying to throw games, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think I y'all actually, should be think I should be trying to lose games, guys. What the fuck I, y'all winning games for? I'm gonna make a big prediction. I think they're gonna beat the Cowboys this week. Stop that, bro! I'm, I'm telling you, I think they're gonna how? beat the Cowboys this week. How? Explain to me how they're gonna beat the Cowboys. Because the, it's it's purely cosmic, okay? The Cowboys are riding high right now. We know what happens when people start, like, you know, touting the Cowboys. The Giants finally got a win. They got it in, in dramatic fashion on the road, overtime, comeback, uh, able to kind of dig themselves out of their sorrow. I'm telling you, this is they're going to they're gonna end up upsetting the Cowboys this week. Y'all going to lose by three touchdowns, bro. Three. Maybe. It, well, three, three touchdowns. This shit won't even be close. Really? Watch. Okay. All right. If they who is this a, is this a side bet and if they lose by less than 10 I win? If no, no. <laughs> That's a fucking Derek Jeter bet if they lose by less than 10. What do you they mean? They fucking lose. <laughs> uh, we're not betting the point spread. Like I'm just saying that what well, a spread here is only 7. Yeah, so your three touchdown prediction sounds a little too confident if you ask me. It just tells I'm just letting you know that the, that the Giants are garbage. Yeah. All right, who's uh, well, I mean I, it's some I, good I games in general, this weekend, I agree. though. It's some yeah. good games this weekend. Like the Chargers and the Browns. Raiders play the Bears. I mean, that's that's a big game for me. But Justin the Fields and, getting a start. Yeah, the Cardinals and the Niners, I think, is going to be a good game. I think, like, the, the NFC West is going to be fun to watch, man. Some yeah. good quarterbacks out the, there. The game tonight with Seahawks-Rams is a great Seahawks game. Seahawks and the Rams is going to be a fun game. I think uh, I want to see, like, Matthew Stafford, you know what I'm saying, against against the Seahawks defense. Yeah. Um, I want to see Russell Wilson against that Rams defense, like Aaron Donald chasing him around. It's just going to be fun to watch tonight. But I think the NFC West is, is just fun in general, like watching Kyler Murray do his thing. You know, if, if Trey Lance is going to get a start here pretty soon or no, this week, because Jimmy's fucking hurt again. Yeah. So Trey Lance will be starting. So, I mean, the NFC West is wide open. It should be fun. All right. Let me get, let me do this with you. Your top three favorite players to watch right now in the NFL. Man, you know what? It's crazy. So, like, me and Little C love watching Justin Fields. 
Love yeah, watching Oh, them. nice. Well, you're going to get to watch him up close against your yeah, team this weekend. We watched him uh, in college a lot, so he was always fun to watch. I like, and I like watching Derrick Henry. Okay. Yep. And, you know, because I played the position, like, I love watching tight ends, guys. So, like, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, um, what's the guy from, what's the old guy from the Chargers, uh, Darren uh, Cook, Jared yep. Cook. I love watching tight ends, bro. But I love watching Travis Kelsey. I'm a big fan of Travis Kelsey. That dude's a fucking animal, guys. He's unbelievable. Um, a first-round fantasy pick for me multiple years in a row. I I will say, I think this is the first time in the history of podcasting that somebody has asked uh, who are their top five favorite players to watch in the league, and Jared Cook made the list. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's consistent, guys. He was killing us this week, bro. Like I just love that he's always there. He's always open. He's got good hands, bro. Big yeah. target. Well, I, I think Jared's going to feel good about himself after this. So <laughs> I appreciate what you the way got? you're who, spreading who, who, who are your my, top three guys to watch right now? Daniel Jones? Yeah, no. Um, my, my, <laughs> my, my number, I would say... Um, my number three would be uh Justin Herbert. I yeah, love man. He, he is so good, man. I'm no, I'm gonna he's end up really good. He's so good. He's so good. I'm gonna end up saying three quarterbacks, which is kind of annoying. But my no, number I mean, my number two would be Pat Mahomes. You sure. know, just because I still he's just such a wizard. I love watching him play. And then my number one is Kyler Murray. I just love watching Kyler Murray, man. And it still kills me that. The Cardinals traded their previously drafted quarterback to go get him, basically nullifying the possibility of the Giants trading up and getting Kyler Murray in that draft. Because remember, that's the same draft as Daniel Jones. Yep. Giants had two high first-round picks, could have potentially packaged him, moved up, um, but not once the Cardinals decided to use that top pick on Kyler Murray. So I always picture what could have been if he was in a Giants uniform. You know what sucks for me for your top three is two of those guys are in my division. Fucking Damn, Pat Mahomes and Justin right. Herbert. And they're going to be there for a long fucking time because sucks. But, like, they are so good and fun to watch. But, like, it just sucks for me that I'm, like, they always going to be beating my ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> It does. I know, man. And and it makes a difference, right? Like, ask Jet fans about what it's been like, you know. Look, the at, last... look at Sam Darnold, though. That's what I was going to bring yeah. up. Look at him down in Carolina. He's balling, bro. A hundred percent, man. Change the, scene, change the scenery and like the organization that you get drafted to or that you're playing in, I think makes a huge difference in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like the situation that you get that you get put into. Like I think Mac Jones is going to be really good because he's he's in New England. You know, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think Justin Fields is going to take him a little longer because he's got Matt Nagy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, yeah. it's just it's just whoever you get, man. Like it's 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 kind of like a crapshoot, man. Well, see. Looking forward to this is a great sports time of year, man. This yeah, this is, is the uh, best. This Good is awesome. football on right now. Baseball yeah. playoffs. Got some football tonight. Carter's playing soccer because I got to go take him to a soccer game today. Nice, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I um, you got to watch too, man. Tomorrow night we have a we have a winner take all game five, uh, semifinals. WNBA Las Vegas Aces Phoenix Mercury. Definitely. And I'll be uh, I'll be on the call for that one, and then the winner will go on to face the sky in the finals, uh, which begins Sunday on ABC. Um, see, great stuff, uh, and uh, you guys know we're gonna throughout the playoffs when there's when there's big games we're gonna be hopping on. We're gonna continue with the increased frequency. 
um, and uh, and make sure that we're we're getting stuff to you with instant reactions when there's big games. You know, we get a Dodgers Giants game five. You know, anything like that. So stay tuned to your feeds. More R two C two coming soon. Peace, everybody.